welcome to the Preaching Matters Podcast. My name is Alan Carr, and I am your host. Thank you for listening to our episode today. On this podcast, we talk about preaching because we believe preaching matters, and we certainly want our preaching to be better. We want it to glorify God, and we want it to be biblical. And so that's what this podcast is about. We talk about all matters related to preaching because we believe preaching matters. So thank you for tuning in today. We're going to get right into the episode, but before we do, let me ask you to go to your favorite podcast directory and leave us a good review. We would appreciate that. Get in touch with us. Let us know what you think. Now, let's talk about preaching because preaching matters. Welcome back to the Preaching Matters Podcast. This is Alan Carr, and I thank you for being with me for this episode, and I appreciate you listening to the podcast week after week. It's been a long journey for me. A lot of learning has been taking place behind the scenes, and I hope the podcast is helpful to you, and I would sure like to know if it is. So reach out to me and email me at thepreachingmatterspodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. This is episode number 14, and we are talking about sermon preparation. We've already talked about the step of isolation, step one, which is isolating a single text from all the texts of the Bible from which you will build your sermon. Step number two is meditation. And in meditation, you spend time thinking through the text, making observations, and noting everything you can about that text as you study. Now we have arrived at step number three, which is the step of concentration. And this is where the work of sermon building actually begins. And this is quite a long step, so it's going to cover several episodes. But we will begin today talking about the idea of concentration or interpreting the text and bringing out of it exactly what the text says as the Spirit of God intended for it to be read. So as you read the scripture and as you meditate upon the scripture, one thing you should be looking for are the natural breaks in the text. The Holy Spirit has done a fantastic job of breaking down the word of God so that in the end, it interprets itself. And if you allow it, it will give you a natural outline around which you can build your sermon. In other words, you don't have to invent the divisions of the text. But if you take this step seriously and practice it enough, the scripture will begin to unlock itself to you and you will be able to to break it down based upon the natural divisions placed there by the original human author through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So as you read the text and meditate upon it, be looking for those natural breaks in the text. And to do that, one thing you look for are conjunctions. Now, conjunctions are words such as and, nor, but, for, or, etc. And also words like therefore, wherefore, because. All of these signal to the preacher that the writer has changed his thinking or that he is basing his thinking upon something which has been said previously. These natural breaks in the text should be noted because it is these natural breaks which will usually form the division in the preacher's outline of the passage. 
Now, one way to isolate these natural divisions is by the use of a mechanical outline or a mechanical layout. In this process, the text is diagrammed much like sentences are diagrammed in an English classroom. Now, don't get nervous at this point because this is a skill you can learn regardless of your level of education or your level of training. This process will allow the Bible to be seen in a way that few people have ever seen it. Not that there's anything magical or mystical about it, but it is a process by which you can break down the scriptures in such a way that let you see what the scripture says, and you can outline it based on the natural outline or divisions which are already there. So it allows the writers of the Bible to speak to us in the same way they spoke to their, their original audiences. It places their words in a natural context, and it helps us to literally see what they said. Now, don't let this scare you off. If you'll try it a few times, you'll quickly get the hang of it, and as you do, it'll become second nature, so much so that at times you won't need to write it down, but it will begin to pop out at you as you read it. And when you do, the Bible will come alive in a brand new way for you. It will improve your preaching. It will improve your outlines. It will help you to stay better in context, and it will help you to grow as a preacher. Now, since this is an audio format and not visual, there's not much way I can describe this to you. At some point in the future, I will be posting a YouTube video in which I will do a mechanical outline of a passage and let you see what it looks like. I'll post that video of a screenshot of me writing out a mechanical outline. But for right now, I want to give you a couple of resources that can help you. One thing I'm going to do is put in the show notes here a link to a book by a man named Howard Hendricks. Dr. Hendricks has written a book called Living by the Book, and in that book, he explains this process of mechanical outlining very well. I'm also going to, on our Facebook page, post a graphic of Psalm number one, which we're talking about now, uh, mechanically outlined, and so you can see what it looks like. And if you will pay attention to this and do this, learn how to do it, the natural divisions of the text become readily apparent. And by the way, I would recommend Dr. Hendrick's book, Living by the Book, because it is exceptional. It deals with a lot of topics that uh, you as a preacher need to understand. And uh, I would recommend you getting a copy of that book and reading it and taking those lessons to, to heart. So what's going to happen here? As you do the mechanical outline, and the whole purpose in doing this is to allow the scriptures to tell their own tale. And it gives us the opportunity to understand the theme of the passage before us, the big picture. The subject and the theme will begin to pop out. And finding the subject of a scripture and the theme is of paramount importance to the preacher. If the message is to be preached as the Lord intended it to be preached, and if the preacher is going to deliver the intended message from his chosen passage of scripture, then he must find out what the big idea, the subject, and the theme of the passage is. And this will only be yielded up through intense scrutiny of the text at hand. So I brought up two terms here, subject and theme. Let me just, I'm going to come back to them in a future episode, but for right now, let me just give you a brief description of what the subject is. 
The subject is the big idea. It's you stepping back from the text as far as you can and visualizing in the largest sense possible what God is talking about. Let's say, for instance, you're coming out of John chapter 16 around verse number 7 and following. You're going to find that the subject of that scripture is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. That's what the subject is. Now, it's obvious to me, and it should be to you as well, that we cannot preach everything there is to know about the Holy Spirit in one sermon. That will have to be narrowed down. And it's going to be narrowed down by what the text says about the Holy Spirit. And as you read that, figure out, as you look at the text, figure out what the theme is by bringing that subject down to a preachable theme. And that theme will narrow the big subject down into something which can be handled in a singular episode. So the subject is the big idea. It is what the text is about. And the theme is a narrowing down of the subject into a preachable size. So whatever John 16, 7 says and following says about the Holy Spirit, that will become the theme of your sermon. And it should be obvious at this point that as you read the Bible, the Holy Spirit is going to appear many, many times in the text. And each one of those is going to tell us something new and different about the Holy Spirit. And each one of those will provide a preaching theme for our sermon. Now, I realize that a lot of scriptures have multiple subjects in there and multiple themes, but you need to understand that as you read through that, find the main idea, find the main subject, and then find the theme which relates to that, and that is what you preach from it. That is not to say you won't come back at a later time and take that same passage and pick up a secondary theme and preach it again. In this way, you can come from the text in many different ways and preach many different sermons. While there's only one real subject there, there are many preaching themes embedded in every passage of Scripture. So learning how to find subject and theme will help you be a more uh, diverse preacher It will help you to uh, build your sermon collection, and it will help you in finding texts to preach and what to say about those texts. So, but this, this process cannot be overstated. The process of mechanical outlining and the process of isolating the natural divisions, along with the process of finding the subject and the theme, because this is the way we can only keep our, um, sermons biblical and within context. Okay. Now, while any given passage of Scripture may reveal many principles and they may yield up information about many subjects, that passage will still only possess one major theme. And we must determine what that theme is before we can accurately begin the process of dissecting the passage. And as you study the passage, as you read it, as you meditate upon it, as you seek the Lord's help and guidance in his study, the theme of the passage will become clear. But at this point, let me issue a warning. Preacher, beware that you never superimpose your own theme onto the text. The theme of the expository sermon, or the subject, if you will, the subject of the expository sermon must always be determined by the passage of Scripture being studied. You do not bring your ideas to the text. You wipe your mind. And you let the text tell you what the subject and the theme, what the subject and theme are, and that is what you preach. Now, there may be times when the theme of a passage may be difficult to determine, but you got to pay the price in the study 
to isolate the subject and theme, and then you're ready to proceed into the arena of biblical interpretation. Now, some people would argue here that it would be impossible to determine the theme of any passage without first interpreting the passage. However, I believe that the theme of the passage must govern the interpretation. You've got to find the subject and theme before you can properly interpret the word of God. If you don't, you're going to find yourself out of context, out in left field, if you will, and you must be very, very careful. So the theme must be found, and it must be found early. And of course, during the processes of interpretation, the theme will probably become more clear and more pronounced, but the basic theme must be isolated and respected before the text can be accurately interpreted. Now, that's just basic information about the subject and the theme and this mechanical outlining deal, and I want you to be sure that you understand this. So if you need to go back and re-listen to this, do everything you can to understand what I'm talking about, because this is very, very important. So you got to spend some time concentrating on that text. You've got to isolate the subject and you've got to isolate the theme. And it might be helpful if I say another word or two here about subject and get ahead of myself, kind of put into your mind what the subject is. And I want you to be clear about this. Okay. I want you to be clear. So the subject of the passage will become the subject of the sermon. Okay, And the only exception I can think of to this is if two subjects are discussed in the same text, one being said in contrast to the other, such as Romans 6.23, where the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So you have two subjects right there in that same text. And if that's the case, then one of the others should be chosen as the sermon subject. Another alternative is to determine the larger subject of which these two lesser topics are a part, okay? And so the subject is going to be very, very broad. Think in the terms of two words or less. It may be Jesus Christ. It may be the Holy Spirit. It may be God. It may be the church. It may be suffering. It may be providence. It may be sovereignty of God. It may be salvation. It could be any number of things. But that subject is going to be very, very broad. But as you look at that subject and read your text, you're going to find that it narrows down into a preachable theme because the text you're you're considering says something very specific about that subject. And so narrow it down to what the text says, and that's what you preach in your sermon. You are not free to run throughout the Bible and select verses uh, just willy-nilly and pop them in there to build points around. Your main points, your subpoints, all of your thoughts must come from that text. You can use other verses for illumination. You can use them for illustration, but you cannot use them for the structural outline of your expository sermon. I almost said suppository. Uh, I guess you could call them suppository sermons because if you ever get them in you, they'll help you. That's a terrible joke, isn't it? and I'm sorry I shared that with you. And so what we've been talking about the step of concentration today, which is where we look at that text and we begin to break it down along mechanical lines. In a classroom, I would spend about four or five weeks on this, teaching those fellows, using a whiteboard, allowing them to do it in class, teaching them how to break down that scripture based upon uh, the natural breaks in the text. 
And I wish I could do that here. But as I said, in the future, I will post a very near future. I hope we'll post a YouTube video in which I do this and I'll put the link in a, in a, in an upcoming episode. Easy for me to say. And I will also recommend that you get Howard Hendricks book living by the book and then visit our Facebook page on which I will post a graphic, which shows Psalm one in a mechanical outline structure. And you can see how this works. So I'm going to try to be helpful in that regard. And today we're going to knock it off right there because we're going to get into interpretation next time. And we're going to move a little bit forward because this is really step three's concentration, step four's interpretation. But I think these two steps really kind of meld together. And so we're just going to continue with this process. So remember, isolate your text, meditate upon your text, concentrate on that text, find the natural breaks in that text looking for conjunctions and or nor but for therefore wherefore because all of those are signals to you that you need to be paying attention because things are either continuing in thought they're changing direction in thought or something is being based on something which has already been said learn to do this and you will begin to see what the scripture says and your outline will be given to you. You won't have to wrestle it out of the text, but it will be given to you. I may post on our Facebook page two different types of mechanical outlines for Psalm number one, just so you can see it in action. So listen, thank you for being here this week. This is a very short podcast uh, compared to some of the others, but that's not altogether bad, is it? So I want you to go to your favorite podcast directory, And I want you to leave us a five-star review if you can. And I want you to get in touch with me about any ideas you have for future episodes because I am open to helping you and helping you grow, helping you progress as a preacher, helping you develop in your skills. So reach out to me, please. Don't let this be a solo effort. Reach out to me and let me know what you think about what I'm doing. Hey, if it's not helpful, I can, I can discontinue this because it does take up time and financial resources to uh, sponsor this, to host this, and to produce this. But if it is being helpful, then I'm willing to do what needs to be done to get this out to you. So if you're getting some help, let me know. Leave those reviews. That helps us grow in the algorithms. It helps it spread. And tell others about it. Again, you can email me at the Preaching Matters Podcast at gmail.com, or if that's too much for you, you can just do it at alancar at gmail.com. That'll get me too. So God bless you. Thank you for being here this week. I hope this made sense. I feel like it might have been a muddled mess, but let me know what you think. I'd love to hear it. And if I need to clarify some things, I'll come back and do it. God bless you. Until next time, and Lord willing, we'll see you next Thursday. Have a great week. Thank you once again for joining us today on the Preaching Matters Podcast. We'll try to have a new episode out next week, so I encourage you, if you enjoyed the episode or you think someone else would enjoy it, first, I want you to subscribe, and I'd like for you to leave a positive review on the platform of your choice, or on several if you choose, and I'd like for you to tell somebody else about it. This is a podcast for preachers. If you are a preacher or know some preacher who might benefit, share the news. God bless you. Thanks for being here pray that preaching goes well for you and God blesses you in your work for his glory. Pray for us and Lord willing, we'll see you next week.